0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Software Social. This week, we have part two of my conversation with Lucy Barat of Logology. I have a totally different kind of burning question for you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So you and Doggo Bear are married. Um, It sounds like you were married shortly before you had the idea to launch Logology, if the idea came on your honeymoon, right? So one of my favorite sort of sub themes of Doggo Bear's memes, which if you haven't seen Doggo Bear's memes, I'll have to link to it from the show notes, but he just Post lots of funny entrepreneurship memes on Twitter. But one of my favorite sort of sub themes in there is how your father is this like unspoken (laughs) character um, in his memes. There will be like ones, you know, all these ones about like, you know, how his father-in-law is like, oh, like you're not making any money. Like, why did you like quit your corporate job to make nothing like, you know, and basically just kind of ragging on him for like not being more successful, or kind of being an entrepreneur, doing something more risky. I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, I guess an American show but like The Big Bang Theory, where Howard's mother is this character that you know, and there's some theater name for this. So I know we have some theater fans listening, so I apologize. I don't remember the name of it, but you'll have to tell me of a character who is only seen off stage, but is very much like a character <laughs> in these memes and i'm just curious how you feel about that and also like does your dad know that he's these this character in these memes like what?
1: Um,
2: <laughs> my dad doesn't know about it i want to say yet because oh, no. i'm afraid he will soon um <laughs> well i'm sometimes anxious about this but Dagobert is very confident in saying I don't care. You can look at it. I can explain myself, and you know it's true. And i was just like, yeah, you know, I know it's true, but um, <laughs> I'm afraid of the family uh, of the consequences oh, he's, with he's my like family,
0: like airing the dirty laundry, and well, I, I, <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't like uh, conflict that much. But I have to say that this meme about my father brought me so much relief myself. I really needed to laugh about it with Dagobert and with everyone on Twitter because it hasn't been a very, I would say, easy relationship with my father. I am the only daughter. I have three little brothers. Sometimes I think I was uh, raised like a, a boy. but. Yeah, it was hard. My, I have to to say also that there is a family history about creating his own business and being a founder. So it's a long story that was uh, that began in the early 20th century with my great great grandfather. Everyone in my family was a founder, but it was only men. Only men were founders only men were able to run a business and the sad story is that my grandfather lost the business that was launched by my grand grandfather and maintained by my grandfather and my grandfather didn't manage to maintain it and it was something of i think a big disappointment and certainly something about shame for mm-hmm. my grandfather. And so my father inherited of this dynamic and when he was in his thirty, he launched himself a business in the industry but it fell and I I knew my father I have to say quite depressed this last 30, 30 years. He has now become a teacher in business creation. So, yeah, he, well, I'm not completely at ease to say things about him on the podcast, but since I feel like we are in a casual conversation, I have to say that it's difficult for me to deal with his um, personality Mm. of very negative and, and grumpy and, It's never enough or uh, it's always uh, be careful, you're going to fall. Be careful, you're going to fail. And when you fail and say, "Ah, I told you so. So it's Mm -hmm. difficult to grow with this kind of energy. And I just got uh, 40 years old last year. So I had to deal with how I'm going to finally be, get Rid. rid of this Image that he's putting on me and that he's putting on Dagobert and on our business because he was, he kept on saying that it was not going to work, that we should stop. And, you know, when you are in the hardest part of the journey, well, I hope it was the hardest part of the journey and made it. But when you are in this very dark times, the last thing you need is someone who's supposed to love you saying you're not gonna make it and you're not able to do this. And please stop now because you're making yourself ridiculous. Mm. So it's so, uh, Mm. it's such a relief to be able to laugh about this. And for Dagobert, it's a bit different because uh, well, Dagobert is younger than me. He's eight years younger than me it was not easy for him to stand how is this expression stand in front of my father when you don't like have stand up to
0: him almost, yeah stand yeah. up to him and stand up for himself and for you exactly because
2: yeah. he doesn't have so much experience for example and all we had uh, was the vision the passion the desire and the conviction that Well, the idea that we can make it for the moment, we don't know how. We are not successful, but we know something is good in this and it can work. We just have to have more time to make it work. Yeah. Well, so it was very difficult last year. Uh, Like we were not uh, making so much money. It's been already three years, two year and a half working on Logology. So we were quite desperate, not finding the good marketing solutions, and marketing was not our first uh, talent, <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, like many tech developer or uh, designer like me, the first thing you think is not marketing, but we had to learn. So Dagobert began to make uh, these memes. And yes, it was interesting to see that we are not alone. And Dagobert, I think, discovered that he was not alone in this, I would say, male competition too, you know, because it's something about boys and men. Like, it's not only my father, it's sometimes my brother, you know, when they are all together and uh, which one is making the most money which one is the strongest and you know i'm sorry but i think this is kind of childish stupid uh, men gay. and it's complicated because even if you don't want to be in the game people will always put you back on the ring is it a mm-hmm. good word the ring
0: yeah and you go They'll boxing again
2: yeah and so you have to find the right uh, posture and it's not easy when you take punches in your face to stay clear that it is okay, I can do this. I don't have to be ashamed of myself, and I can laugh about the situation because yeah, in a way, it's funny if you <laughs> think about it, like this uh, grumpy character saying, "Find a job." Yeah, that was very funny because my father, on the other side, he really, I think, tried to help help us. Like for him, it was something. To help us. He gave us, yeah, some useful advices, uh, some useful tips. But one day it was very funny because Dagobert was talking with him and he realized that the plan, the great idea of my father helping us was in the end to close the business <laughs> and say goodbye. I was like, what? <laughs> it's not the solution? Well, it's not the solution that I want. That it's very interesting also that my father is someone so, I would say, yeah, interest in businesses and entrepreneurship and who is, like I said, uh, uh, teaching entrepreneurship to students. But on the other hand, it's someone who doesn't like to take risk. He hates risk. He hates not to know what to do. So it's not like someone going with the flow, you know, it's not this kind of personality for him. So that's a very paradoxal personality, which is interesting. It's about the variety of uh, human personality and it's, yeah, it's, it's very good that we could laugh about this, but I'm still a little bit afraid. Like if my father. Watch this, so see this, or if my father listened to this podcast, hi, Dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm taken. <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about this. I tried to talk about this a few times, but it's very uh, difficult, and it's also, I think, a conflict of generation. My father comes from industry; he doesn't. Know about digital and apps, and all this seems a little bit odd to him, obviously. And we are in a generation of exploring all the possibilities of tech nowadays, even with no code, you can do so many things. And so, yeah, it's two different worlds we can't get to understand really each other's. But now, lately. It's easier with my dad. I think that now that we are making money a little bit, enough to get one salary and, and it's growing and Lagology is growing and growing each month and it's so exciting. And uh, Dagobert has so many followers and, and a rich community with people he is uh, sharing so much. My father is slowly changing his mind about logology, slowly, slowly. He's still a little bit suspicious, like (laughs) "Mm, maybe you'll fail at the end of the year. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's, I think, sorry, dad, but it's a dumb philosophy to think like this because yes, we'll fail obviously in something someday, like. Uh, Failure is just part of living. And I think, to me, with all this history family of fails and men and patriarchy, I really don't want, I, I think I reject this philosophy because I can't see, I can't see failure. I think I can't accept it. I think when you accept failure, you are dying a little bit. You think like you are dying a little bit and it doesn't mean you can't take failure and say, okay, I failed on this. Okay, this failed, but it's already something part of the way. Okay, I failed on this, but let's go on something else and keep on running and keep on, uh, you know, like you are an athlete in your head. I love, I'm I'm not good at sports, but I'm fascinated by the mental (laughs) preparation of the athletes. Well, you fail. Okay, you fail. But if you go on and you keep on running, well, you won't remember the fail. You would just take it, maybe do something about it, but not stay with it. Because when you stay with it, you can't take risk anymore. You can't be alive anymore. You can't, you just see this. And lately, recently, my father and my mom uh, said to me, well, look at the situation with logology. Do you really think you're going to make money with this? Because look, last year you did this and you were wrong and we knew you were wrong and you still did the mistake. And I say, what can I say? I did a mistake. We did a mistake. Yes, we lose a lot of money. We, uh, it was very expensive and not only money because money is not the end of the world, it's just a part of the problem. But it was very hard on us. And what can I say? I made this mistake and I'm going to make other mistakes in the future. I have to say to you, other mistakes will be done <laughs> and you've got to get prepared. But I think, and I believe in Logology, I know we can do something. I know it can be great. And I have to do this because otherwise, why are we living for if we don't you know, follow the desire and just listen to, okay, not, maybe with, it won't work. And it's the same with relationships. You have to, I would say, nourish the trust. And it's nourishing the desire, nourishing the trust. Well, it doesn't mean you have to be uh, completely, I don't know the, the word in English, but when you do <laughs> obviously dangerous thing, it's not that. Mm-hmm. But when people say, when one say, uh, listen to your heart, well, your heart is not wrong when you listen to your heart, you know you can trust something there is here there is a a rock inside us where you can land and you were talking about road trips and what's beautiful when you are in a car, and especially in the United States, because wow, the landscapes are so beautiful and it is so big it's very different from Europe. There is beautiful landscape in Europe, I'm not saying, but You can drive 10 hours in not uh, seeing anyone. So that's an experience for Europeans. 10 hours of corn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's something. And, you know, it's like you're watching the landscapes. You are watching mountains and country. and And yet you are not moving. Like the car is moving, but you're not moving. You stay still. So it's like meditation in a bit, like when you meditate and you can look at what's happening when you watch a movie and things are happening and you are still uh, sit on your chair. I you know what I mean? It's like the world is always in movement. The thinking is always in movement. The emotions are always in movement. And in the same time, you are always still you are always here your heart is always inside of you it's just uh, like a gym it's not easy to do but yeah maybe because i'm 40 <laughs> i have time to to reflect on this and no so you can't um you have to know certainly you have to know when to stop and not to get sick of working Too much because otherwise, the subject, the idea is not to forget about yourself. It's about trusting your guts. So, yeah, trust my guts. And I know I will make mistakes in the future, but I refuse to see it as a failure. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I guess we, you know, sort of having empathy for your father here, you know, he carries so much shame, it sounds like. Right. The shame of watching his father's business collapse that was in the family for generations. I'm sure that brought him tremendous uh, mm-hmm. shame or, or was put upon him. And then him saying, no, I can do it. I'll have my own business. And then his own business failing and effectively uh, re-traumatizing him. Like mm-hmm. he he sounds traumatized by these business failures and when you are cloaked in shame you don't have a process to uh, really process those in a healthy way when you don't feel like you can talk about the failure and say yep this was a failure and i'm going on to the next thing and that's okay you know but socially having that shame thrust upon you and then also internally thrusting it upon you it it also you know you described him as kind of depressed, like it's isolating. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love how um, Brene Brown says that the only feeling worse than shame is feeling alone. Um, Mm. And so often that feeling of shame leads people to feel alone, feel that they're the only ones in that situation. And then when you have gone through a trauma, it's very normal to try to prevent anybody you love from going through that same trauma. And so he is sort of trying to protect you from that trauma but in a way that is actually not healthy for you, right? That it does not see you for you and Mm -hmm. see you for your own potential and for your business for its own potential and also regard your business as a stepping stone. It's, you know, a growth mindset in so many ways is it shows how hard that is to step into from a position of unresolved trauma, And so I think we can kind of forgive people for not being able to take on that growth mindset when when their own trauma is unresolved and they haven't had the opportunity to resolve it. But then I can I can see for you, you know, curse breakers like I feel like you're kind of a generational curse breaker here Um, and you have to have that chip on your shoulder. You really do because you have that vision for what you want to do and, and that empathy for your customers. And I think that's so important, but it's also, you know, I think this kind of situation you're in, and I think it's why Doggo Bear's memes resonate so widely too, is because this kind of thinking that why would you leave a stable corporate job? Why did you leave your stable agency job to start this business where you didn't make any money for at least a year? Like, There's a perspective of, you know, especially in families where either there hasn't been entrepreneurship or there's a history of financial instability or not having enough money that, you know, when you get to the point of having a stable paycheck, like, that's it. You've achieved it. That's success. Why would you want anything else beyond that, right? And and this is a very common mindset. And for people who are starting their own businesses, getting over that hurdle of their upbringing and what it tells them is normal and expected and what's safe for them, whether risk is safe for them, right? Those are very common. And I think yeah. that's why, you know, his memes and the character of your father, which you know, I guess if your father is listening, um Hello Mr. <laughs> Mr. <Murad>. Um <laughs> You know, um it's not just him as a person that's resonating, right? It's what that character represents. Yes. And that represents that voice, whether it's in somebody's head or it is a family member or it's their old boss or an old coworker or a friend who's saying, like, who do you think you are to make a business work? And, and it takes a lot of resolve and passion and vision, which all of which I see in you, to say, yep, I understand that it's totally crazy, but I'm going to do it. And if I fail, that's just my first step There's going to be others. And then people look at you and you're like, yeah, okay, fine. Right? Like, but you got to have that chip on your shoulder of passion.
2: Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. And also I think that's why another thing that resonates so much with everyone is that the generation of our parents or grandparents, they did so much to conform Mm. to uh society i would say like uh, what was the dream of my grandfather my grandfather he wanted to well to run the business that he inherited from his father but also just to have a stable job right. to make money for his family that he could protect his family that all his children will be healthy and they will have opportunity to also have a family make money be happy and, you know, buy a house and... Uh... Is he the World
0: War II generation?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They
0: were very strong, understandable... Yeah, yeah, completely. ...stability, which is...
2: Of course. Very understandable. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, completely. And in my family, there were uh, terrible stories about war. They were traumatized by this because my great-grandfather was killed by... The Nazis in a terrible story in the village. Well, so all this leads to people want to have more stability. And for the last dozens of decades, well, the last decades, (laughs) people want to just have a, I would say with the quotes, like normal, what they call normal life. What is normal life? Normal life is stability, comfort. And yeah, you could do every sacrifice to go there. And sometimes I'm wondering if my father wanted so much to run a business, maybe he would have been happier to say, okay, I I am full time employed in this company and it's okay for me. Maybe he had to fix something from the past that was not his thing. But for many parents and grandparents, the image of success for us is not taking risk uh making apps with no users or uh, it's yeah it's um it's another vision of the world, and I also think that my generation and the generation that is coming after my after us after me is not so keen about working at any cost like. You don't want to be in the biggest company ever, or you don't think of your career in the same company for years like before. You want to travel, you want to experiment, you want to know who you are, you want to find yourself. And I think all the thing that we are talking about, uh, self development and uh, wellness, is something that my generation and the people younger. Are feeling deeply, and we are not ready to make the same sacrifices that our parents made and our grandparents before.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I guess we, we have not, you know. And speaking of me personally as an American, you know, you as a European, this also this varies quite greatly from country to country, right? Or as a, a French person, even right, because there's massive trauma going on within Europe right now. We have not had those same debilitating sort of society-wide traumas that they had. And that's just us personally. We've had other traumas that we've gone through um, in terms of, you know, recession and financial crisis. I know that. I mean, that really held me back going full time. Like, I mean, I was in my first week of college and I remember just everybody, I say running around just kind of like chickens with our heads cut off because everybody's college fund was gone. Right. And that's a very American experience of that. My husband, who was in Denmark, who was paid to go to college, like it was free. You know, I mean, he wasn't really aware of it versus for us. You know, I mean, our parents had saved for, you know, 18, 20 years for us to go to college. And then all of a sudden the money is just gone. And, you know, people's parents losing jobs and while we were in school and like not knowing if you could come back the next semester. Right. And that very much influenced my own perspective on starting my own business because I was like, I, you know, this is great. You know, I have a great, like, full time job that I love. And we have this side business that's allowed me to pay down my debt. Again, very American perspective here. Like, I, I remember, like, getting to pay down all of my student loans, right, with money from Geocodio that gave me the extra money to do that in the early days. And that was so liberating. But then I got to a point where I was like, well, I don't need anything beyond that. Paying off my student loans early, that's a huge mark of success, right? Because many people are paying student loans their whole life for both for themselves and for their children. And and so it was really hard for me to wrap my head around, well, why would I do something else? And then eventually the business just got to a point where we had to go full-time on it in order to keep it going. But I think we all carry these sort of, you know, we have individual traumas, right? In our own lives. But then there's also sort of, there's generational traumas. There's there's social traumas that we carry that impact Mm -hmm how we think about running our own businesses and whether we are ready to do that and whether that's a risk that we want to take in our own lives and h- how we react to kind of failure and instability i feel like it's something we don't really talk about enough as a entrepreneur community you know you kind of hear people make snippy comments about how you know entrepreneurs who get a ton of venture capital like they're often from wealthy families because if they fail, it doesn't matter, right? But I think there's something – first of all, I think there's something to that, the fact that knowing that if you fail, you're not going to fall through the floor, right? There's going to be something that catches you. But I also think we need to talk more about that um, that feeling that people that face from their own families or their communities mm-hmm. that entrepreneurship isn't something for them and that mm-hmm. just choosing the stable option is the most – Responsible thing, which is I think something mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. as a parent. I felt like it was the most responsible thing to keep running the business as a side business, even though it mm-hmm. i I wrestled with this quite a bit, actually of whether I was like, well, I feel like it's the most responsible thing for me to work full time and do a side business, but I know it would make me happier to run a business and but I feel like it's the best thing for my family for me to keep having a job. And I remember a friend saying to me, like, you know, if you are happier, like, you'll be a better parent, you'll be a better spouse, you'll be a happier person that's worth something. And, you know, and then someone else was like, ever since I met you, you've wanted to run a business. And now you have the chance. Like, why? Why? (laughs) Why are you even, you know, considering this, right? But like, we have those, those things that we carry,
2: right? Yeah, it's, so completely normal and beautiful because as a mother, I can imagine how what you want to protect your kids. And what you were speaking, I was thinking of, we are speaking of the past and the trauma of the past from your country or my country and the different family history or country history. But also I was thinking of the future and maybe also the the perspective we have on the future is not the same. For example, nowadays we spoke about a lot of climate change and I know this is a very anxious feeling for a lot of people and we can't respond to it, everyone in the same way. Like some We'll say, okay, so maybe we'll die in 10 years, so let's do whatever we want. And others will say, okay, I want to protect what I've got. I want to protect my family first. And I'm not saying when you are an entrepreneur, you can't protect your family. Obviously, you are, yeah, I'm sure you're protecting your kids and doing your job as an entrepreneur is something. I, I agree with your friends is something better because you're happier. So it's good for the children, but it's a complicated question.
0: It's a big topic.
2: Yeah. Very interesting one too, but I'm not sure we have the time to speak about it. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. I I feel like
0: we could just keep talking about this. Yes. I would love to talk about you more.
2: It's so good to have this conversation with you and to share all this with you. I have so many questions for you. I would love to talk, even talking about the subject of children, because we are both women and both entrepreneurs, and I think it's a subject we don't speak so much. No. Uh, and so it's very relieved and comforting to speak with you today, on this sensitive subject. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good way of it.
0: I'm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on again. But I, yeah, I I'm so grateful for your. Openness and your vulnerability about this.
2: Thank you for your welcome and uh, kindness. Thank you very much.
0: Well, Lucy Barat, co founder and art director of Logology, um, if people want to find out more about Logology or about you, where should they go?
2: They should go on logology.co or on the Twitter profile of Logology and Instagram, on Facebook. And they also can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, or Deco Bear. Of course. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, thank you. If they want
2: to see. Um, <laughs> the
0: memes. I will, I will, I will memes. link to it from the notes. Okay. <laughs> thank you
2: thank so much. Thank you very much. much. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Likewise. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks again to Lucy for joining me. I think as you can tell, um, I really enjoyed talking to her and felt like we could have just gone on forever and really felt like I had to cut off the conversation. Before we go today, I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev slash supporters. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, Mike from Gently Used Domains, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andre of Brightbits, Aaron from Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Remy from Memo.fm, Jane and Benedict from Userlist, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of SwipeWell. Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Room Steels, Anna Mast of Subscribe Sense, Jeff Roberts from OutSETI, Justin Jackson from Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culvert at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of NUSI Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Kaylee of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lena and Alex from Recapsy, Joe Mazzalotti of railsdev.com, Arvid Call, James Sowers from castaway.fm, Nathan of Develop Your UX, Jessica Malnick, Dayman Moore of Audio Audit
1: Podcast Checker, and Eldon from Nodal Studios. Thank you for listening. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from ReCut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from Userlist, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Century, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of Subscribe Sense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nucy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Tosslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsy, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from OpelNelt LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac. Steve of BeInclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Conbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit.